Good day, fellow investors. We continue with reviewing other people's research, or as Monish Pabrai says it, shameless cloning. I think it's a win-win situation for you, for me, for them, as I do marketing for them. So I think nobody will get angry and we can, as a community here on YouTube, increase the value we add towards you. If you like this video, smash that like button and consider subscribing, of course. We have already covered the five stocks to buy from Jeremy Forum Financial Education. And as I said, some very interesting buys. So you might want to check that video out. The link for all the videos, even for the one we will review today, will be in the description below. Today we're going to review Daniel Pronk's video, How to Beat Inflation. Seven investments, seven different investments, as you can see here, on how to beat inflation or how to hedge against a very hot topic these days, which is inflation. Daniel did really, really a great job of explaining how the fundamentals of all these asset classes and investment opportunities work. And I want to add, as we said, we're going to build on it. So thank you, Daniel. I want to add by adding some other perspectives that are related to the price of the hedge you have to pay, the underlying business. Yes, one thing is correlation with inflation, how it moves, but the driver of your long-term investment returns will always be the absolute return of the business from a value investing perspective, of course, and also from a perspective that you can eliminate the inflation factor. So we never know when will inflation hit, will it be higher, lower? We're going to discuss how it affects, but of course you never know. So you have to be ready whatever happens. That's the best hedge always. However, Daniel's video is a great fundamental basis to start contemplating how to be protected whatever happens. And I got really, really curious by his REIT perspective. I'm not that familiar with REIT, so I really learned something and really, really got curious about are these REITs really so good as they seem to be? And for now, it really looks like REITs are the best investments out there. And even as we look at the JP Morgan return chart, we see that REITs have outperformed everything else over the last 20 years. If they can even hedge you against inflation, then REITs must be a great investment vehicle. So that's something for me for my future research, but let's dig into the investments proposed by Daniel. In general, Daniel starts to discuss inflation by discussing the intelligent investor and the perspective there, how the return of stocks and inflation is a little bit mixed over time. With high inflation, sometimes stock returns are very, very negative. However, also with deflation also negative, but these are just exceptions. So of just three years, I think here. So you can see the stock market, anything can happen, depends also on other factors and the starting price. However, if we focus on what the intelligent investor says, we have REITs as hedges and of course, tips. However, if we add on to that, if we look at JP Morgan's returns since 1988, if we look at what did really well with high and rising inflation, we had emerging market equity, we had general equities, REITs did well, commodities, gold a little bit less with high and rising inflation, and then we have, of course, bonds, cash, and 
U.S. high yield. Falling inflation again, same structure there, low and rising inflation again. Gold did really good when the inflation was low and rising inflation. So one might say, okay, maybe gold already did its job in the last year too as it went up. So also something to think about, but I'll add another strategy on gold, the all weather strategy that might help you there. So this is very interesting. However, wherever we look, we have REITs, REITs are always the winners, so that's something that I will have to dig into personally more into that to learn more about that. So let's start with tips that are treasury inflation protected securities and they provide protection against inflation so that the principle increases in line for inflation. So if we have a tip that starts at 100 and inflation is 2%, the principal will go to 102. Plus the interest rate, the yield on the tip bond will then be calculated on the increased principal. So you have the principal that increases in line with inflation and a fixed interest on that yield. For example, here we have the iShares tips bond ETF 127 and this increases in line with measured inflation and then you have a yield on top of that. So your real return confronted to inflation will always be the 1.17% yield that is there, which is depending on the bond or ETF that you buy. However, the principle goes up plus you get some yield. The problem is that whatever happens, you will get, yes, protection from inflation, but your real return will just be 1%, whatever the yield on tips is. And you have to see whether being protected by 1% is worth the minimal yield there compared to something that we'll see later and Daniel discusses really well, which are REITs that have dividends from 2.5 till 8%. So 2.5 to 8%, 9% dividend yields plus real estate investment trusts own real estate. Thus the value of real estate, if there is inflation, the logical correlation there is that real estate prices go up. And if we take at the Vanguard real estate index fund shares, we see a 3% yield owning a lot of various REITs. So if inflation hits, you should get a yield plus the value of the REIT should go up. And Daniel here discusses Store Capital Corporation. I have made the valuation of Store, so let me just go through the other REITs and then I'll go come back to Store Capital. Granite Real Investment, he says that the dividend payout is low as they reinvest for growth. So they are reinvesting, so they are offering a good dividend plus growth on the real estate, real estate investment hedge, Dream Industrial Real Estate, 5% dividend yield and True North Commercial Real Estate Offices with 8.27% and Daniel said that the occupancy rate and payments even went up during the COVID crisis. So that might be an opportunity to lock in a long-term return there. Of course, you have to dig deeper. Let's go back to store capital that is even a REIT owned by Buffett. And if we go to the valuation that we made in the past, this is my intrinsic value table with all my researchers. You can 
download this for free in the link in the description below and let's find those reads that I did when did I do them in March 2021 Douglas Emmett store capital small smart centers so store capital I have made a valuation the funds from operations I have put here half a billion so this is compared to the market cap if we go back here the market cap is 9.2 billion so sometimes I use, use the stock price sometimes the market cap nothing to worry there so 8.5 billion with the growth rate of just three percent that is let's say just inflation could be over the next 10 years discount rate to 10 percent which is my expected return my intrinsic value is 8.5 billion if i compare that to the market cap so store capital offers a return of around nine percent from the current perspective However, the forward dividend yield is 4.16%. And that's the key when it comes to investing in REITs. If interest rates increase and the required dividend yield from the market, which is now 25, that puts the value there in line, goes lower. Let's say that the market wants a 6% return of investment in the form of dividend then the intrinsic value will go down from the current 9 billion to 7.7 .7 billion. So if interest rates go up and the market requires a higher return from the dividend yield from the REITs, then you have to see uh, how it fits you. And now I remember another reason why I don't really look at REITs is the 40% tax that we as Europeans have to pay on those dividends. Those are differently taxed in the US. So that's also one reason also in Canada. So you also have to see on the taxation on those REITs and how that fits you. The top dividend is one thing, then the taxation is another thing. Nevertheless, if interest rates go up, the value of the REITs go down. So we have to balance the interest rates with inflation and if the Fed pushes interest rates higher to dampen inflation, then also the expected dividend yields might be higher. And that's also something that we have to think about when it comes to REITs. Also, if the Fed pushes interest rates higher, lower economic activity, less tenants, less paying possibilities, which is also then a risk to just keep in mind and model when it comes to valuation. However, as we said, REITs did really, really well in all environments. If we look more in detail, when the Fed pushed interest rates a little bit higher in 2016, 17 and 18, then we, if we look at the iShares Core US REIT, if we look at performance over that period with higher interest rates, performance was not good, actually was flattish with some declines. Then when the Fed stopped increasing interest rates, then REITs went up again. As there was economic fears, there was a big crash and now with low to zero interest rates and money stimulus and money printing, then REITs have resurged again. However, keep in mind, if we have stagflation, REITs perform really, really bad when we have rising interest rates and lower economic activity. So that's something to keep in mind. So also always think, how does inflation impact my individual REIT? If you have a lot of debt, then higher interest rates increase the cost of that. So that's something you have to put in your valuation model. 
then you have to see how does inflation impact the tenants of the REITs, also something to put in the valuation model. Because REITs are REITs, but every specific REIT is different. That's also something to look into. Another thing is land, to buy land, also another REIT, land corporation. The dividend yield is 2.64% and you see here already what I wanted to discuss with price. It already reacted significantly on what's going on with money printing. So a lot of people then can keep on betting on higher prices, higher commodities, more paying for land, etc. So this might be a little bit exuberant or depending on how the market sees it and where they push this dividend yield. All right, now we come to gold miners or gold. Daniel really does a great explanation of how gold has worked historically against inflation and other valuations there. And yes, it did really well over the long term and over long term cycles. 20 years, as Daniel said, of bad performance from 1980 till 2002, then great performance, or, or we have seen it perform really, really bad over the last 10 years. I've done a video on gold a few months ago, and I just want to quickly reiterate the thesis here. So yes, gold is a hedge. And then also, if we go to Ray Dalio, he has, the, I think, the best strategy when it comes to such an asset class. You put a certain fixed percentage of your portfolio into gold or gold miners. I have to do the video Kirkland Gold. I will do it, I promise. I'll write it down in my list of to-do things as soon as I finish the video. And you put, let's say, 5% of your portfolio. Then gold is volatile that's certainty let's say it goes to seven and a half percent of your portfolio you sell you bring it back to five percent then it is let's say going down it goes to three percent of your portfolio you buy back to five percent so whatever happens to gold you constantly have a yield a profit there and you it grows you take advantage of the volatility of gold on top of having an inflation hedge as gold is. So even if gold does bad for 5-10 years, you always gain on those intermediate volatilities. So you do, let's say, zero in bad years, but you really take advantage of the big upside in great years. So that might be something interesting as gold doesn't give a dividend and gold miners give small dividends. So more volatility with gold miners if you select them. So even more fun to do this all-weather type of strategy. You can check my gold video. I also discussed one that I own for my large portfolio. Of course, gold, also Daniel mentions Bitcoin. So that's also something, but I don't think there is correlation with inflation. This is more correlation with gambling and crazy exuberance, but we'll see how it ends. And maybe one day, yes, it will be something blockchain technology will certainly be something. That's something that I said in another video. I'm not against Bitcoin, not against cryptocurrencies, not against blockchain technology, especially not against technology. I'm just against all the gamblers that pump it for their own interest. That's my, let's say, just comment on the segment. Because I see people just putting their money into that because it has to go up. Actually, if it really would work, then it would be stable, not going up. And one day it will stab stabilize. But then when all those gamblers that push it higher sell it, then a lot of people will lose their savings. So I'm not against the technology. 
I will always look to invest in a user of technology because that, that's the best way to invest in these exposures. Just don't think that I'm against it or saying this is stupid. The gambling behind it is definitely bonkers, as Will Munger says. The technology is something completely different. Then Daniel mentions utilities as they can contractually increase the price of their services. However, I would just add that yes, they can increase the price of the services, but also the inputs of their services increases. And then always governments might mingle in and say you can increase also so far or so far so that's a little bit riskier but in general utilities are old bore, boring businesses also owned by Berkshire Hathaway so if you own Berkshire you also get exposure to a part of utilities about 10% of their net income. Now the next sector is commodities. Of course commodities have exploded in 2020 as a sign of inflation and Daniel correctly says that commodities are the first leading indicator of inflation happening because higher commodity prices also a lot of speculation there but that trickles down into the economy into everything all prices go up and you can have a spiral of inflation and the Fed can't do anything about it if that happens. And we'll see how it will evolve over the next year, two years. For now, commodities did great. I did great because I was bullish two years ago, one year ago on commodities because those were simply cheap from an absolute investing perspective. But still, you can still find protection there. However, always keep in mind the price. Daniel mentioned Nutrien, of course I did. Nutrien is a commodity business, so I analyze the whole sector. And you can check my videos when I bought, videos when I sold, of course. And if we go to my comparative table, do we have Nutrien here? Yes, we do. So Nutrien, free cash flow, dividend, 75% of the free cash flows. Daniel said they made almost 500 million of free cash flow. So that's it, 2 billion per year, 500 million in the last quarter. And I have valued it with just a 3% growth rate, 10% terminal multiple on the free cash flow. So really with a high dividend yield of, let's say five, 6% in an exuberant situation like now, then my market cap valuation is 20, can go to 44 billion. The current market cap is 33 billion. So can still go higher on exuberance, but the big bulk, the big of what has to happen and the inflation protection already happened there. Now the dividend yield is much lower. So if we change the dividend, morning. Okay. Let me just repair this. So, let's see. Ciao. Story brata, Voila. So, if we look at the table here, then there is still room for growth, especially if the market expects just a 5% dividend or 4% dividend, then this can go higher. There is still upside of 50%. However, if the market turns 
against commodities, if BHP decides to build Janssen over the next years, then potash prices might be a little bit subdued. But that's a different story if you're interested in nutrient. And the final discussion was railroads. So I analyzed the complete railroad sector. You can check that on my blog. Also, there is the video railroad stocks. I think we did that last year. And there is the investment thesis and this is the summary. My problem is all great businesses, all really great, but the dividend yields were really, really small. The free cash flows yields were low. So if these required returns are higher, then stocks might go down. Also, they have a lot of debt to assets, so six times cash flows to debt. Everybody's looking at them as great businesses but a little bit overvalued. The only one that was cheaper and I was saying that it was set to be sold was KSU and I got that right. So you can read more about them here also. Check my video, I'll put it in the link in the description below. So to conclude on inflation, I really think it, one thing is inflation hedge, the other thing is price of the inflation hedge, and the third thing and key fundamental pillar is the quality of the business you are protecting yourself from inflation with. The better the business, railroads are a great business, however, you have to get them at a fair price. Warren Buffett in his last conference call that we summarized said that he would not, he's not interested in railroads at current prices. He said that. So if he says he's not interested, then you might also see how it fits your portfolio. So, a lot of interesting things here, great work by Daniel, and I need to dig deeper into REITs, also recheck the taxation issue with dividends if you are a foreigner there. I have one REIT in Europe in my portfolio, so that's also interesting, so there are also European REITs. So I'm always working, learning. Thank you, Daniel, for this learning opportunity. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't. Check my other work if you're interested in what I do in my research. And I'll see you in the next video.